Hey, this is Vanessa. This is Carlos. And you're listening to Retro Ad Review. This is a podcast where we select a couple of random old TV commercials and review them. So if you like commercials, listen in. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Retro Ad Review. Hi, everybody. So what are we looking at today? We are looking at commercials on gum. Gum commercials. Specifically, Wrigley's gum. So, we've all had Wrigley's in our lives. In fact, we've probably had Wrigley's longer than we've realized. Because Wrigley's is a very, very old brand. In my hand here, I have what? Extra? Yeah. So that's a Wrigley's gum. So you have probably chewed Wrigley's wherever you are in the world. It's not an American brand. Like some of these that we've done, they're just like very American brands. But we're so globalized that most everything is everywhere. So it doesn't matter. They went global apparently at some point. So before we get into the commercials themselves, we're going to give a little background into Wrigley's gum, the company itself. So... It is the largest manufacturer of chewing gum in the world. So So you probably had it. (laughs) And if you haven't, you just don't chew gum or you live in Singapore. So it's owned by the Wrigley's family from 1891 to 2006. And it had a number of Wrigley family members as the owners. So the first guy was William Wrigley Jr. And the way it kind of kicked off how Wrigley started getting into the gum business he started off selling soap. So in order to sell his soap, he wanted to give like an incentive and he gave baking powder as the incentive to buy soap. So it was kind of like, here's this soap and you get... You get two stuff? Yeah, and you, you get this baking powder, which I'm assuming soap worked differently because I don't really associate soap and baking powder together. It's home stuff, but... Yeah, that's almost like me saying... I don't know, buy some soap and here's a... A ribbon? I don't know. (laughs) Well, that's not a cleaning thing. I don't know, Clorox or something. So in a funny turn of events, baking powder became really popular. So he decided, ah, I should sell that instead. So he switched to doing that. And instead of giving soap as an incentive, he started giving gum as an incentive. And would you believe it? Gum became more popular than baking soda. So he decided to pivot and start selling that instead. And because gum... no incentive. (laughs) Because gum isn't really a thing that you have to incentivize people into buying, I guess. So uh, he sort of did in the sense that he gave free samples in a direct marketing campaign, which helped boost sales, which made gum much more of a thing on people's minds. And people started buying more and more of his gum. So this guy was a marketing genius. Yeah, I heard he was a big personality guy as opposed to his sons. Oh, okay, That kind of makes sense. Um, Another interesting thing about this guy is that he was the majority owner of the Chicago Cubs, the baseball team. And this is why the field is named Wrigley Field. It's named after the gum guy. So he lived a long time and he later became a conservationist. I guess when you become really rich, you start doing philanthropy, either because you've got a big heart and you feel bad about everything you've done, or, I don't know, tax breaks? (laughs) So, in 1932, William Wrigley Jr. handed over the keys to the company to Phil Wrigley, his son. 
he was um, around during the World War II era, which, you know, was a really tough time for people and for gum. He started a women's baseball league in World War II because he was a big baseball guy as well, I guess, ran in the family. What with him owning, his dad owning a baseball team. And you may have heard this baseball team because the 1992 movie, A League of Their Own, is based on that. A League of Their Own. Directed by Penny Marshall. So in World War II, rationing led to giving the military juicy fruit, double mint, and spearmint. So it didn't really go to the public, right? It pretty much just went to the yeah. military guys. So gum wasn't, wasn't that big during yeah, this period. They had to use all the ingredients for the war and stuff. So yeah, only the special guys who were getting killed basically got to choose some gum. So he also introduced the public, the U.S. public, to Sugarless Orbit, which was a gum in the U.K. that had been around for some time. So, so Phil Wrigley did quite a bit during his tenure. He also did this kind of really interesting ad campaign during the wartime. Because the public couldn't chew gum anymore. They had to chew the subpar Orbit. Yeah, they had to chew a Sugarless Orbit, which wasn't great. They came up with an ad campaign called Remember This Rapper. And the aim of it was to keep people, you know, remembering gum and what fun gum is during a time when you couldn't actually chew gum. So in the ad itself, it said, Remember This Rapper. It means chewing gum of finest quality and flavor. It will be empty in, until gum of Wrigley's. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it will be empty until gum of Wrigley's quality can again be made. It all sounds so... um classic yeah know? it sounds like 1940s speak or something yeah like a guy going remember this rapper yeah. <laughs> remember this rapper but it was a, it was a cool ad campaign because it couldn't actually sell to the public but it was just keeping people primed for buying gum once the war was over and things kind of went back to normal and you could buy gum again so that's Phil Wrigley. He then turned over the company in 1961 to William Wrigley III, his son. So Phil's son and William Wrigley Jr.'s grandson, who ran the company until 1961, until his death in 1999. And during his time, he introduced Freedent, Hubba Bubba, which I chew a lot of, Big Red in the 70s. These are pretty big ones in the Wrigley's canon. So if you didn't like Juicy Fruit, I mean, you might have been a Hubba Bubba person. So <laughs> it's kind of cool. Unfortunately, under Will's uh, tenure, uh, estate taxes after his parents' death caused him to sell the Cubs. So he lost the Cubs. Oh, poor guy. I guess. Probably not that poor. Very rich man. After Will Wrigley III, Will Wrigley IV presided over the company from 1999 to 2006. And in 2005, Wrigley acquired Lifesavers and Altoid, thereby expanding Wrigley's reach into, you know, just mouth stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 2006, it went to Will Perez, who ran it until 2008. And this guy, even though he was named Will, was not a Wrigley's family member. So it stopped being a Wrigley's family-run company in 2008. It was sold to the Mars Corporation in 2008. So that's where we are now. Mars owns everything. <laughs> yeah, yummy chocolate and gum. So if you want all of your fun, tasty treats, go to Mars. Or what's the other one? Uh, Hershey's. Hershey's. Yeah, Kraft? I don't know. There's a lot of big companies out there, and I can't remember the names of them. They have subdivisions, and you look into it, it's part of a bigger thing. Yeah, so, you know, conglomerates. I can't speak anymore. 
All right. So with that wonderful introduction that I just did on Wrigley's, we're going to jump into the first commercial. So let's do it. Double your pleasure, double your fun. That's the statement of a great man in double mint gum. Double your sentiment, your merriment. Double your moment of fun. Double your delightment with the right mint. For refreshment, it's the only one. Yeah. Double your pleasure, double your fun. That's the statement of the great man in double mint gum. Ooh. So if you're a kid of a particular era, you will know this commercial. Or a person of a particular era. It doesn't even matter if you're a kid. So this is, if you weren't aware, a double mint commercial. It is a very simple commercial. It's not got that much kind of going on in it. It's pretty much just a commercial that shows various twins doing fun and exciting things. So the first ones look like they're from the 50s. There's just a gun wrapper that says state mint, but it says mint instead of mint of the great (laughs) mint. And it just shows a bunch of kids and older adults and old people who are twins enjoying themselves. And that's pretty much the entire commercial. It's the jingle that really makes this into... A commercial. <laughs> yeah, the, the jingle is the linchpin to what this commercial is. So yeah, that's that's the Double Mint commercial. And Double Mint was introduced in 1914. I think it was the second one after... I think Juicy Fruit was the first one. The Juicy sure. Fruit was the main guy. <laughs> yeah, and if you've ever chewed it or accidentally swallowed it... <laughs> You'll know that it's... stuck in your tummy for seven years. It's uh, peppermint. So their big thing was always the twins, and it goes back a while. It started in 1939 by a guy named Otis Shepard, drew a bunch of twins for the ads. And an ad agency called Energy BBDO started the actual twin front persons. Instead of just uh, illustrating the twins on the ad for the magazines and the newspapers. In 1959 to 1963, the first Doubleman twins were Jane and Joan Norzer. The, the ironic thing was that under contract, they couldn't chew gum. Not rival gums, but not even Wrigley's gum. They were there until 1963 when Joan got pregnant, but Wrigley's decided to continue with the theme, of course. So she, she didn't have twins? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I would have found that information if it was there. Okay. But the ad agency president, Tony Paul, said that it had a big impact on twins, and they liked seeing themselves through the twins on the ads, and a lot of them wrote in to be in the ads. So it was probably a good opportunity to be a twin. <laughs> they were followed by Terry and Jenny Frankel. And because their musical abilities, they played USO tours in Vietnam. Like just they were singers? They played ukulele or whatever the heck they did. Oh, okay. I don't know why, but I kind of imagined that. So, yeah. In the 70s, they had June and Patricia Mackerel. And they also did Tony Hair Products. The 70s also had Patricia and Sybil Barnstable, who later on went to pose for Playboy in the 1980s. (laughs) And the early 80s also had Liz and Jean... How do you pronounce that last name? Seagal, right? Seagal, yeah. It's Seagal. They starred later on in the early 80s TV show Double Trouble, which lasted... It didn't last that long. 
My next guest are two lovely gals. They're identical twins, and they star in NBC's new comedy series called Double Trouble, which has its premiere on April the 4th. Would you welcome, please, Liz and Jean Segal? Was it about twins? Yep. <laughs> and if that name sounds familiar, they are the sisters of Katie Segal, who was Peg from Married with Children and... Leela from Futurama, and she was in, like, Sons of Anarchy as well. She did a She's lot in of so stuff. many things. I'm actually impressed. Like, she's... Her oh, longevity. she was in, like, Eight Simple Rules. Yeah, there we go. No, 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 no. With uh, John Ritter. No. And the longest-lasting were Linda and Lisa Yokobinas. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. We're not pronouncing any of these From correctly. 1980... Yeah, Norzer Yokobinas. <laughs> these are all definitely... These are different last names. I've not heard these last names before. So they were around from 1985 to 1995, and they appeared in six of the television ads. After that, they left the campaign in 1995. They couldn't really find work, and they got typecast because 10 years together, they really couldn't do anything that anyone wanted them individually. So they left, and their relationship personally got tarnished because one of them got jealous of the other they appeared on oprah later on what happened what happened now or where are they now kind of thing and they discussed how after that they just fell apart and then eventually they came together again yeah it got better for them which is good that's nice today our relationship is so solid we love to cook we love to eat we just love talking we love talking about god about life about people so Wrigley's ruined their relationship. <laughs> and if you watch Spaceballs, there's two twins there. I don't remember which scene. Denise and Diane Gallup. We must be saying that one right. Hello, President Scroob. Oh, wow. Hello, Charlene. I'm Marlene. Hello, Marlene. I'm Charlene. Chew your gum. In this particular commercial, they have, you know, a bunch of twins having fun. Two of them I recognize are Tia and Tamara Maori. Do you remember who they are? I remember who they are. They're Taj Maori's sisters, which is what they're best known for. <laughs> smart guy? They were smart guy sisters. They starred in the television show Sister Sister. And then I can't remember which one went to that weird knockoff oh, like the, the view, view thing. but the talk or something. Um, what was it they've been in a ton of things like the, Twitches whatever. or whatever and like a bunch of Hallmark movies and yeah, I think it was like yeah. Twitches. What was the, no, I mean, what was was the, the Hallmark talk. movie one of them was in? It was like Candy Cane Bakery thing and then they fall in love or something. Um, don't you don't you watch those? I watch those, but not against my will. I don't know. She was in one of them and wasn't very good. I don't know which one. Yeah. I'm sorry, Tia and Tamara. And the ones right after them were... There were two of the three Creel triplets who, in the 80s, they starred in the sequel TV movies of The Parent Trap. And I think they had a Hayley Mills come back in her double weirdness. <laughs> but they didn't have to because they were actual triplets. Triplets. Um, I think the two here are Joy, who went on to marry uh, Rob Liefeld, a polarizing uh, comic book artist. He created Deadpool. He started Image Comics. Oh. And his big, muscly, tough guy, anti-hero art influenced the early 90s. That's why it's polarizing. It, oh, right. The ones where they have like really bad yeah, structures, it, like it, figure it, drawing just doesn't apply. Yeah. 
and um, <laughs> it influenced like comic books, action figures, and even television shows like our favorite G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe's Street! <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other one is, I believe it was Monica Creel, who now goes by Monica Lacey. I remember her from the Auto Nation commercials that play. <laughs> Sell your car fast at Auto Nation. Auto Nation. And I think the one that became most famous was Leona Creel, who played Tori Scott on Say by the Bell. The biker girl oh. for half of the last season. The ones where the it would other be two like, left. <laughs> they'd be like, hey, where's Kelly? Hey, what's, what's Tori doing here? Hey, where's Kelly? Yeah, as far as everybody else, I don't know who those two old men with the fedora hats do anything. But later on, they had Brittany and Cynthia Daniel, who later went on to play the twins in Sweet Valley High. So I have a, I have a comment about Sweet Valley High. Do you remember the song? Vaguely. Okay. So if you listen to the song, it's stupid. I mean, like, it's for a, a TV show called Sweet Valley High, you know, where two clearly, like, 25-year-old women are playing, like, 15-year-olds. But whatever. In the song, the main lady, she doesn't understand the concept of twins. What does it say? You go, um, it says... To okay, we're going to have to... She said something about, like, Do you see a beauty standing? Is she really everywhere or a reflection? Which <laughs> is like, it's a twin. <laughs> she has a mirror beside her all the Yeah, it's just like, the person who sings this song, his mind is blown that two people look exactly the same. Like, we'll play it. All right, I just wanted to kind of share that because I find that would be a really, but really funny element. Cynthia Daniel, I believe she later quit acting. I think she married one of the dudes from, what's that show that's on Paramount? Wyoming or something? I forgot. I like, don't even know. Whatever. That, that's enough and of these. I remember Brittany Daniel mostly from <gasps> Joe Dirt. Oh, yeah, she's in Joe Dirt. I don't know why I remember from that more, but... Why do we care about Joe Dirt? Anyway, whatever. Watched it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> They've kept it going. The Double Mint Twins have been one of the longest ad campaigns in history. In 2005, they went back to vintage throwback drawings starring Nicole and Natalie Garza. And yeah, I remember a lot of these because I kind of liked Double Mint Gum because it tasted pepperminty and yummy. What was your favorite gum? Uh, Polar Ice Extra, which is a great segue into our next commercial. That actually wasn't meant to happen, so that it, it, it's just a very natural evolution. All right. What do I have in my hand here? Shut up. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. If you want to watch it, it's called Wrigley's Extra Sugar-Free Gum Commercial, 1996. The last lunar fireball was seen over 75 years ago. And after I see it tonight, I can die a happy man. Some gums lose flavor fast, leaving you looking for another piece. Too bad he wasn't chewing extra sugar-free gum. It's the one with delicious, refreshing flavor that really lasts. Another 75 years. Hey, people are living a lot longer these days. Extra lasts extra long. This commercial upsets me. I don't like how he's so sarcastic he's at the so, end. I know, that guy's so rude. Hey, You're going to be 150. That's really, that's just rude. Yeah, so the commercial is basically some old professor-looking guy. He comes, walks into a space observatory, and he apparently waited all his life to watch this comet or meteor go by. It comes around every 75 years, then he chews his gum, but while he's looking up at the sky, uh, his gum runs out of flavor, so he's looking through his pocket, 
get another one, and then it passes him by. <laughs> and then the other two sons like, wow. And the poor guy's just like, oh, I can't believe I missed it. <laughs> I have to wait another 75 years. The other jerk just comes over with another piece of gum. He's like, hey, people are living a lot longer. He gives him an extra gum. Like, that's going to solve anything. I mean, I'm annoyed with that man. That man should be fired. Nah. I don't like him. <laughs> it is a little bit mouthy. He has, like, his glasses and matted hair and everything. It's upsetting. So, um, a little bit about extra. It was the gum of choice for me in high school. <laughs> no, it was, well, it was, I guess. I always had the polar ice one because it was really, really icy. Uh, but I've had it now. It doesn't have the same zing, but whatever. So Extra was introduced in 1984 as a sugarless gum. And this was under the presidency of Will Wrigley III. It was marketed as a, a longer lasting gum. Hence, you know, this commercial really kind of puts that out there. And that's why its name is Extra. Enjoy extra sugar-free gum. You get extra flavor, extra fun, get extra sugar-free gum. So that's kind of an interesting little point. Kind of gets the angle out there. The other thing about Extra that's kind of interesting is it was also marketed a bit, not just kind of long-lasting, but that it was good for teeth and for your gums. So basically your gums produce a salivary flow and that kind of helps with a healthy mouth. And sugarless gum doesn't get sugar on your teeth, which contribute to the dreaded tooth decay. What uh, was it? And gingivitis. And was gingivitis. It? I don't know. I it's some sort. Of, I think it's probably like Listerine. Anyway, so Extra was touted as a gum that was good for your teeth or kind of helped with good dental hygiene. So in 2007, the American Dental Association gave its seal of approval to Extra Orbit, which is another brand that's in Wrigley's, and Eclipse. Another brand that's also with Wrigley's. And the first time it put it on a gum based on studies that tested people who were chewing Wrigley's gum. So the ADA really elevated its status as something that you can do with helping your teeth. So chewing it three times a day for 20 minutes after meals helped the salivary flow and cleanliness in general. So if you're eating and you don't have access to brushing your teeth, you can chew some gum. The American Dental Association says it's a good idea. When you chew for 20 minutes, the chewing action produces and distributes more of your mouth's natural defense, saliva, which helps neutralize acid within minutes. So in addition to regular dental care, after eating, chew Wrigley's extra sugar-free gum, because chewing helps nature fight the acid attack. Well, not any gum. You can't chew hubba bubba. <laughs> so the studies were partially funded by Wrigley's, which would make it a little suspect. But the ADA said that the science was sound. So uh, I guess we can trust them. I mean, here's the thing. If you're going to chew gum instead of brushing your teeth, your teeth are probably jacked up anyway. But if you're the kind of person that's a bit concerned and doesn't have access to brushing your teeth after a lunch outside, chewing gum's a good option. So. Might as well get sugarless gum. Yeah. Sugarless gum bloats you. <laughs> because it usually has those sweeteners that kind of make you bloaty, so it's not the food. Anyway, so it's sugarless according to the FDA, but it's it's still sweet. Um, I think that's why I still chew it and most people still chew it. The sugar that they usually use is aspartame and sugar alcohol since 1997, which is technically neither sugar nor an alcohol, but a very special carbohydrate that shares the characteristics of both and makes you bloated. <laughs> so... Uh, so that's kind of the FDA's view on what, what are the sugar alcohols like xylitol and stuff xylitol, malitol if it ends in itol oh, it's, it's probably a sugar alcohol if it's in food as well so another kind of it's weird such a sneaky way of getting around it 
sugar, alcohol. But why well, name sugar. it if it's neither one? Well, I guess it's because it shares the properties of It's like of flammable both. and inflammable. <laughs> Learn that the hard way. I'm never going to. So... On another note, extra you can see around the world, but one interesting place that it gained a foothold was in communist China. So after the loosening of economic restrictions and marketing in kind of that communist bloc around the period of the fall, what, like late 80s, early 90s, sugarless products started making its way into those countries. So extra was, was a pretty big presence in China after the fall of communism. So, you know. Yeah. But I remember specifically that Orbit was folded into Extra later on because they were both kind of... Oh, yeah, the wartime gun that had no sugar. Yeah. Right, okay. In around the 2000s, Orbit was kind of folded into the Extra gum brand. So, if you recall, Orbit was the sugarless gum of the wartime era. So it probably didn't taste that good back then, but now it made it all tasty and stuff. So it was put into kind of the Extra brand. They still have it around, but... Yeah, you'll see Orbit. And Eclipse, too. New sugar-free Orbit gum. Let it give your mouth a good, clean feeling, no matter what. I like Orbit. So that's their shiny teeth gum. But I preferred something a lot less good for my teeth, which in another brilliant segue would be (laughs) Juicy Fruit. Right, so this is the Juicy Fruit commercial. Gotta have sweet, gotta have juicy fruit. Nothing satisfies like it. Juicy fruit, the gotta have sweet gum. So, this commercial has Aaron Paul in it. Um, so in this commercial, there's a guy in a suit and a boy who looks very 2000s teenager sitting across from him, really intensely looking at a spoon. What we're meant to assume during this whole thing is that he's trying to, you know, mind bend the spoon. So this is apparently a mind control psychic power experiment (laughs) between a stodgy guy that, yeah. Okay, basically the room has like uh, science markers. So like it's got a skeleton and it's got like beakers and junk. It's quite empty and it's got this blue filter over it. So it gives you the impression that this is a science experiment. So he can't bend the spoon, it's not really working, but then he catches wind of a juicy fruit in the scientist guy's pocket. So he starts concentrating that on that quite heavily and is able to extract the juicy fruit, but during the process he pulls the guy's shirt off. So he rips the guy's shirt off so he can get the juicy fruit. He's pretty happy with his juicy fruit, but well, he puts it in his back pocket, uh, Aaron Paul, and then the guy gets his juicy fruit back by mind pulling off the pants of Aaron Paul. So that's the end of the commercial. Gotta have sweet, gotta have juicy fruit. So what, was that like inspired by like the Matrix and stuff? Because it was the 99, 2000 and all that. Um, wait, when did the Matrix come out? 99. Wow. Ah, no, I don't think so. It's got the But they had the whole mind bending spoon thing and all that. But the ending of that commercial is just weird. It's like like spread apart with no pants. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's disturbing in a different kind of way. Yeah. But he said when he went on Conan O'Brien's show that he paid for his bills for two years with that Juicy Fruit ad. Because he was in a lot of random stuff before his big break in Breaking Bad. He's in like Corn Pops, Tombstone Pizza. I think someone was holding up and he was like, I like this on my tombstone. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> you're gonna die, what do you want in your pizza? 
What do you want on your tombstone? A taco meat with cheddar cheese would be mighty tasty. All right, so Xbox One, bunch of stuff. But he paid his bills for two years with his Juicy Fruit ad because it didn't have any dialogue, so it could play in many different countries. Oh. And he got the residuals from it. That makes sense. Then after he ran out, he said he needed to take it more seriously. And he got Breaking Bad as Jesse Pinkman, who cooks meth with his chemistry teacher, Walter White. I think he was going to die in the first season, but then they were like, we like this guy, so let's keep him. And it turned into one of his big things. They did a good job keeping him. He was very good for the I show. specifically remember him, for some reason, in the corn video, Thoughtless. I don't know why I remember what? that the most. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I was thinking Corn Pops. <laughs> corn Pops. Yeah, he's in that Corn Pops commercial. Gotta have he's like, get him, my Pops. Oh my gosh. His parents like take it away from him or something, and he has his he early was... 2000s hair. I think we really got through to him. Gotta have my pop. He was in another commercial for those phone, for those cameras that were sticker cameras. What? You know, like those cameras. I had one where you could take a picture and it was a Polaroid, but instead of like giving you a Polaroid, yeah, it was but, a sticker. He was in that. Which one was that? With the two girls? I think so. He was kind of like impressing them and they were all impressing each other. It's just teenagers. Well, he's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's in like too many. Like 1-800-COLLECT with Mr. T and a bunch he's of He's in so many. He was in a lot before he broke good. (laughs) We're very funny. All right, go on. (laughs) But way before Breaking Bad, which was like 2008, 2009, Juicy Fruit started after Wrigley started switching from baking powder to gum. That's still funny to me. (laughs) He's like, soap, baking powder, baking powder, gum, gum. Such a weird leap. It's a really nice and yummy thing, but what exactly is in it? A lot of people have speculated it's either banana and pineapple. Oh. Or peach or the Southeast Asian jackfruit. Jackfruit's tasty. But Wrigley's company, well, Mars now, I guess, will not say what's in it. I'm sh- those, haven't there really like a. Jerks. Shouldn't there be like a YouTube chemist who, who picks it apart? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, it's here. Probably, but maybe they have like a gag order on all chemists. I don't know. They, they kill you <laughs> with mind bending power. In the beginning, the first Wrigley's was packaged on plain white paper that then written Juicy Fruit on it. And then so they elaborate. added with white, yeah, they added the diamond over the Juicy Fruit label and then stripes. And then came World War II. What was it called? The War to End All Wars was a World War One, right? Uh, yes, yeah, the, the Great War. So what was World War II called after uh, it got worse? Super War? I don't know. <laughs> Well, the war that cost the most human lives in history. In World War II, yeah. the spearmint and double mint and juicy fruit were taken off the market for World War II rationing. So then Philip K. Wrigley did his Remember the Rapper thing. <laughs> it's like, hey, remember when you can buy our products again? Buy it again. But he was being patriotic or forced to, and Juicy Fruit, Spearmint, and Double Mint went to the troops while the stateside people got sugarless, bland orbit. Yum. (laughs) Doesn't really help. There were different ration types. There was A, which was fresh from the kitchen. You got it. It was the best meal. Then B, which which had preserved like frozen food to be prepared in field kitchens or mess halls. C was a canned meal, which is kind of like the equivalent of today's meals ready to eat thing. Oh, is it like Spam? It used to be. It was old. Right. Because now you had the bag and the bubbly thing. This was just the can. Canned meal, if A and B were not possible, 
and you need more than just survival rations. But the gum came with the K rations, which were split up into breakfast, dinner, which is lunch, and supper, which is dinner. I don't like for that. For mobile crews of short durations. They usually had drinks, some canned meat, other things, but all three meals always had chewing gum. So I guess that worked out for Wrigley's. And like explained before, how gum helps you salivate your mouth. They didn't always have the best accommodations, so they needed the chewing gum to keep their mouths clean. And it also helped calm the soldiers down, which they also calmed the soldiers down with cigarettes during supper dinner. (laughs) Supper dinner, okay. Yeah. Some popular flavors were spearmint, peppermint, wintergreen, cinnamon. And it wasn't just Wrigley's, there was a lot of other companies too. And the K-rations were about 3,000 calories for energy, particularly in extreme weather, since it was the mobile cruise that had to use. That's a lot of calories. And then after the K-rations, after the gum, in super extreme cases where you had nothing, the emergency military chocolate bar, brought to you by Hershey's. (laughs) I just found that funny. They had to have meals, meals, canned meals, maybe you have some gum. If you have nothing else, here's some chocolate bar. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then World War II finally ended, and Juicy Fruit got its famous yellow package. And yeah. in 1974, the first item scanned with the barcode was a Wrigley's 10-pack Juicy Fruit, which I think they have... It's like saved somewhere? Yeah, I think they have like it in some The Museum Library somewhere. of Congress is Smithsonian like or something. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's that particular one, because I guess you throw it away once you eat it, <laughs> but they have it there. And it is still one of the most popular chewing gums and products of Mars Um, Mars Wrigley. That's definitely... Wow. What a journey. And in the early 90s, it also was great for mountain biking with buddies. Boo! (laughs) That commercial. I remember that commercial all the time. There's some dumb Taste is gonna move you. That was the... The ad. So, for a while. shall we do some ratings? I don't know. I'm tired. Yeah, me too. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we've got Aaron Paul's Juicy Fruit. We've got Extra with the guy and the space telescope. And we've got Double Mint Twins. So, which is your least favorite? My least favorite I, I guess it would be a twins because basically just twins doing magazine photo shoots <laughs> and to this For little jingle Sears catalog to this little jingle and it's uh yeah it's just basically like yeah, hey, yeah. the jingle itself is like fine with weird passion Double singers Yeah, just chew your gum. That was nice. Hey, but it's super generic, super basic. Doesn't add anything mm. to me. So it's like, okay, yeah. I'll have the gum because I like it. So I'm really struggling with my third, but I think I may put the double mint one as well, just for those reasons. I don't really have any kind of differentiating point on that. It's just, it's just twins having fun. It's like vanilla screaming at you to chew gum. <laughs> so, all right. So what's number two? Number two for me would be Aaron Paul, the Juicy Fruit commercial with the psychic powers. Because it's kind of funny. Psychic powers. 
Because Aaron Paul has these like twitchy, strained faces to have his mind powers work. And so does the other guy when he takes off his pants to steal his juicy fruit. Um, so it's just... I think I I also put it number two as well. I was struggling between this and the double mint gun because I don't find this one that appealing, I guess. But it has something more. But it, it is interesting. Like, it's a fun little story. So I think that's yeah, kind of cool. It's... And I do actually like the background of it going around the world because there's no dialogue. So that's kind of neat. I just it's... love his early 2000s style. His hair and his pants. Everything is just so 2000 y. It's, uh, it's just a look. So that means our number one for the both of us is Wrigley's extra sugar-free gum with the guy with the telescope. The story is just what gets to me and how it sells longer lasting. Cause it's just so sad for the guy who waited his entire life. He was probably like a little kid in the 40s or whatever, or the 50s or something. Just wanted to look up at the stars and he gets his wish. But he didn't get to eat his chewing gum. Yeah, I think I hate this commercial because it's so mean. Yeah. And even as a kid when I watched it, I was like, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, the poor guy. And then he, the other nerd, like, rubs it in. The lab coat yeah, guy. Yeah, man, that like, guy's so rude. He saw it. Like, he didn't miss it. Like, hey, people are living a lot longer. So rude. 75 plus 75 is 150. That man this, was this old. This guy's like, what? It, let's say generous 50 because he looks older than 50. Yeah. So he's going to live, what, 125? Nah, that's so mean. I hate yeah. that. I genuinely don't like it. But it's the top one because it's a really affecting commercial yeah, in that way. And it does get the point. Thing. Yeah, it sells that point quite well. So with that, in terms of and, sales, yeah. which would you buy of the three? Based on the commercial. Based on the commercial. I guess the extra good to is it lasts longer and it got the point across. So for me, because I'm so put off by it and because the twins are having so much fun, I'd actually put Doubleman even though it's at the bottom of the list. Just because it's kind of fun and the song gets stuck in my head. So I'm pretty sure that if I'm walking around a shop and I hear statement of the then I'm just going to buy it. So I think it's effective in that way. They're all good. They're all good commercials. I think I have the most, like, the most memory of the Double Mint one. What phenomenon was happening around 1996? Was it the Haley Bob? But it was going to come in 97, though, right? Yeah, it was 97. So what was this phenomenon? It's just, it's a made-up phenomenon. But Haley Bob would be the closest thing, right? Because it comes around 100 years or something, right? Yeah. He missed it, and he's dead now, so that sucks. (laughs) It's only 30 years later. He's probably dead. 30 years? Oh, my God. This is disgusting. All right. So that is our Wrigley's. It was a gum commercial, but it was actually a massive ad for Wrigley's. Buy Wrigley's. Have you ever tried to chew gum? When you were a kid, chew gum and blow the bubble? Yeah. I can do it. I can do teeny ones. Um, So they were like, it's chewing gum. (laughs) Oh, another point to be made before we go is that apart from maybe extra, double mint and juicy fruit, the flavor disappears in about 10 seconds. I think that's why I really didn't like them when I was a kid. You just go through a pack like so quickly. I feel like they never changed the formula from World War II. So they like kept it. (laughs) They're like, we need people to consume this gum real fast. they changed the aspartame in 1997. I suppose. But anyway. All right. So that is our gum ad. If you enjoyed this, thank you. So we are going to be doing more commercial series in the upcoming future. If you like us, please subscribe. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and Anchor. So just make sure to subscribe. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram as Retro Ad Review. 
So we're pretty active on there. Always make sure to drop us a message. We like talking to people, so just do it. And that is it for the day. Say bye-bye. Bye.